0: Thank you, Heavenly Father God. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you for all the benefits, Lord God, that you, Lord, you bring to us, Lord. Thank you for the benefits of salvation. Thank you for the benefits of, of fellowship with you. Thank you, Father, for our love that you put in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the benefits of having the Holy Spirit help. The Holy Spirit helps us. Thank you, Father, for giving us everything in the world through the Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you for fire. We thank you for water. We thank you for love. We thank you for your word. And be with us as we raise this word to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing your word in our lives, Lord. We give you the glory and the honor. You honor us as we seek your presence, Lord. Thank you for this Bible study. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, 1st Samuel, chapter 14, verses 1 through 52. Here we go. One day, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outposts. But Jonathan did not tell his father of what he was doing. Meanwhile, Saul and his 600 men were camped on the outskirts of Gibeah around the pomegranate tree at Migron. Among Saul's men was Ahijah, the priest, who was wearing the epot, the priestly vest. Ahijah was the son of Ichabod's brother, Ahito, son of Phinehas, son of Eli, the priest of the Lord who had served at Shiloh. No one realized that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp. To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs that were called Bozes and Sina, Sene. The cliff on the north was in front of Michmash, and the, old, the one on the south was in front of Giva. Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle, whether he has many warriors or, jo- or only a few. <clears throat> Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. All right, then, Jonathan told him, we will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are, or we'll kill you, then we will stop and not go up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat him, defeat them. When the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the man from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, come on up here and we'll teach you a lesson. Come on, climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both hands and feet. And the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer. Kill, kill those who come behind me. They killed some 20 men in all, and their bodies were scattered over about a half an acre. Suddenly panic broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and raiding parties. And just then an earthquake struck. And everyone was terrified. Saul's lookouts in Gibeah and, and Benjamin saw a strange sight: the vast army of Philistines began to melt away in every direction. Call the roll and find out who's missing. Saul ordered, and when they checked, they found that Jonathan and his armor bearer were gone. Then Saul shouted to Ahijah, yeah. "Bring the ephod here for all." For at the time. Ahi was wearing the ephod in front of the Israelites. But while Saul was taking, talking to the priests, the confusion in the Philistine camp grew louder and louder, so Saul said to the priests, Never mind, let's get going. Then Saul and all his men rushed out in the battle and found the Philistines killing each other. There was terrible confusion everywhere. Even the Hebrews who had previously gone over to the Philistine army Revolted and joined in with Saul and Jonathan and the rest of the Israelites. Likewise, the men of Israel who were hiding in the hill country of Ephraim joined the chase when they saw the Philistines running away. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle continued to rage even beyond Beth Aven. Now the men of Israel were pressed to exhaustion that day because Saul had placed them under an oath, saying, let a curse fall on anyone who eats before evening, before I have full revenge on my enemies. So no one ate anything all day, even though they had all found honeycomb on the ground in the forest. They didn't dare touch the honey because they all feared the oath they had taken. But Jonathan had not heard his father's commands, and he dipped the end of his stick into a piece of honeycomb and ate the honey. After he had eaten it, he felt refreshed. But one of the men saw him and said, Your father made the army take a strict oath that anyone who eats food today will be cursed. That is why everyone is weary, weary and faint. My father has made trouble for us all, Jonathan exclaimed. A command like that only hurts us. See how refreshed I am now that I have eaten this little bit of honey. If the men had been allowed to eat freely from the food they found among our enemies, think how many more Philistines we could have killed. They chased and killed the Philistines all day from Michmash to Ai Halon, growing more and more faint. That evening they rushed for the battle plunder and butchered the sheep, goats, cattle, and calves. But they ate them without draining the blood. Someone reported to Saul, Look, the men are sinning against the Lord by eating meat that still has blood in it. That is very wrong, Saul said. Find a large stone and roll it over here. Then go out among the troops and tell them, Bring the cattle, sheep, and goats here to me. Kill them here and drain the blood before you eat them. Do not sin against the Lord by eating meat with the blood still in it. So that night all the troops brought their animals and slaughtered them there. Then Saul built an altar to the Lord. It was the first of the altars he built to the Lord. Then Saul said, Let's chase the Philistines all night and plunder them until sunrise. Let's destroy every last one of them. His men replied, We'll do whatever you think's best. But the priest said, Let's ask God first. So Saul asked God, Shall we go after the Philistines? Will you help us defeat them? But God made no reply that day. Then Saul said to the leaders, Something's wrong. I want all my army commanders to come here. We must find out what sin was committed today. I vowed by the name of the Lord who rescued Israel that the sinner would surely die, even if it is my own son, Jonathan. But no one would tell him what the trouble was. Then Saul said, Jonathan and I will stand over here and all of you stand over there. And the people responded to Saul, whatever you think is best. Then Saul prayed, O Lord, God of Israel, please show us who is guilty and who is innocent. Then they cast sacred lots, and Jonathan and Saul were chosen as the guilty ones, and the people were clear innocents. Then Saul said, Now cast lots again and choose between me and Jonathan, and Jonathan was shown to be the guilty one. Tell me what you have done, Saul demanded of Jonathan. I tasted a little honey, Jonathan admitted. It was only a little bit on the end of my stick. Does that deserve death? Yes, Jonathan said. Saul said, You must die. May God strike me and even kill me if you do not die for this. But the people broke in and said to Saul, Jonathan has won this great victory for Israel. Should he die? Far from it. As assuredly as the Lord lives, no one hair of his head will be touched. For God helped him to do a great deed today. So the people rescued Jonathan, and he was not put to death. Then Saul called back the army from chasing the Philistines, and the Philistines returned home. Now when Saul had secured his grasp on Israel's throne, he fought against his enemies in every direction, against Moab, Ammon, Edom, and the kings of Zobah and the Philistines. And wherever he turned, he was victorious. He performed great deeds and conquered the Amalekites, saving Israel from all those who had plundered them. Saul's son included Jonathan, ish and Malkishua. He also had two daughters, Merev, Merab, who was the older, and Mikael. Saul's wife was Ahinoam, the daughter of Ahimas. The commander of Saul's army was Abner, the son of Saul's uncle, Nur. Saul's father, Kish, and Abner's father, Ner was the boss Ner were both sons of Abiel. The Israelites fought constantly with the Philistines throughout Saul's lifetime, so whenever Saul observed a young man who was brave and strong, he drafted into his army. Okay, what did you get out of this?
1: Hmm. Oh, let's see well beginning, I like that, what that he said is, perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle, whether he has many warriors, or only a few. Isn't that awesome? Mhm. It's like, it's amazing.
0: Nothing it seems like uh, Jonathan knew the history, and knew the presence, he was very close to the Lord. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, I like the way the men said, do what you think is best. It yeah. would seem mm-hmm. to be a, a, mm-hmm. a formal reply from the yes. soldiers.
1: And, and I like the way he did, um, again, over here, up at the in number 11, or past 11, 12. Yeah. It, it says, come on, climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. And it's amazing how all this um, that the Philistines fell before the, him and the armor bearer and killed those who came behind them. But it says suddenly panic broke, broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and raiding parties. And just an earthquake happened, and everyone was so scared and confused. And I mean, it, it had to be the Lord um, helping them.
0: So that's why when uh, we take little actions, Uh you know, in God's will, uh, the Lord uh, sends us reinforcements and starts helping Mm -hmm. us. Amen. You know, it will be a sign that He will help us defeat Him. So, you know, signs, you know, according to this, signs and and the Lord is speaking to them. Yeah. You know, with... uh,
1: I mean, it's awesome. It said, "Saul's lookouts and give you uh, Benjamin." Saw a strange sight: the vast army. Okay, vast has been just a a lot of uh, multitudes or whatever, huge. Um, uh, Philistines began to melt away in every direction. Amazing. Amen.
0: Well, the Lord caused yeah. this first time I see it that, and just then an earthquake struck when they were all. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lord hit the earthquake just in time. Everyone was terrified. Yeah. I mean, that is spooky.
1: And then again, you know, here, if you go in 20, it said, okay, while Saul was, well, a little bit before that, but while, while Saul was talking to the priest, the confusion in Philistine camp grew louder and louder. Louder and louder. There was so much confusion. You know, even though there's so many of them. And then in 20, it says, Then Saul and all his men rushed out to the battle and found the Philistines killing each other. It's kind of like the same thing that um, happened in in Jehoshaphat when they were... Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like, Pastor Prince was just talking about that. They were killing each other. Remember? Mm -hmm. We have seen that this morning. Um, So... With all the confusion, they were killing each other.
0: You know, uh, right here on 29, it says, uh, My father has made trouble for us all, Jonathan explained. <laughs> a command like that only hurts us. See how refreshed I am? Yeah. You know, uh, it sounds like he was a great, great, you know, leader and follower. Apparently Saul must have been drinking, because these are exactly what a alcoholic would, would do, this kind of, you know. Uh, sentiment, decisions, you know, that it's all about, like he says, my yeah. enemies, full revenge on my enemies. He doesn't say mm-hmm. full revenge on Israel's enemies. You know, it looks like right away it's you know, oh, interesting. A, a lot of pride. You know, pride it's that it's all about me. Full on Those them. are alcoholic, uh, yeah. you know, but uh, Jonathan just has a complete you know, just an amazing uh, warrior.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting that... Um, you know, it's like, if you're a leader, get God's wisdom for the situations. You know, it's like, why was this oath necessary? And why say that let the curse fall and let somebody die over that? You know, here these guys are out there, they're really tired... You know they need they need some nourishment, but Jonathan says Jonathan didn't hear that. So technically, but then over here it says you know like you said a command like that only hurts us. So it says my father has made trouble for us all. Jonathan explained. a command like that hurts us. Mm-hmm. So as a leader, you know, in the when you're leading people, you gotta be like, I mean. You got to get God's wisdom on situations. It seems to me, because that w- that did not help their their energy levels or their you know for fa- them being fatigued, you know, for the work that they were needing to do. It's just like I think it's right. I think it's pride. It's like oh, today everybody says us just not eat today. You know, it's, so it's a little bit foolish, I think.
0: All right, let me go to John 31-53. John seven verses thirty one to fifty three. It says Many among the crowds at the temple believed in Jesus after all, they said, Would you expect the Messiah to do more miraculous signs than the man has this man has done? When the Pharisees heard that the crowds were whispering such things, they and the leading priests sent temple guards to arrest Jesus. But Jesus told them, I will be with you only a little longer. Then I will return to the one who sent me. You will search for me, but not find me, and you cannot go where I'm going. The Jewish leaders were puzzled by this statement. Where is he planning to go, they asked. If he's thinking of leaving the country and going to the Jews in other lands, maybe he will even teach the Greeks. What does he mean when he says, you will search me, but not find me, and you cannot go where I'm going? On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who will be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. When the crowds heard him say this, some of them declared, Surely this man is the prophet we've been expecting. Others said, He is the Messiah, so others said, But he can't be. Will the Messiah come from Galilee? For the Scripture clearly says that the Messiah will be born of the royal line of David in Bethlehem, the village where King David was born. So the crowd was divided about him. Some even wanted him arrested, but no one laid a hand on him. When the temple guards returned without having arrested Jesus, the leading priests and Pharisees demanded, Why didn't you bring him in? We have never heard anyone speak like this. The guards responded, Have you been led astray too? The Pharisees mocked. Is there a single one of us rulers or Pharisees who believe in him? This foolish crowd follows him, but they are ignorant of the law. But God's curse is on them. Then Nicodemus, the teacher who had met Jesus earlier, spoke up, Is it legal to convict a man before he is giving a hearing? He yes. asked. They replied, Are you from Galilee too? <laughs> Search the scriptures and see for yourself. No prophet ever comes from Galilee. Amen. Okay, let's just speak about this. Okay. Um. Apparently, the the G- Jesus' voice, whatever he said, had great weight. Mm, with amen. the Jewish leaders, were puzzled by the statement. Where is he planning to go? Mm-hmm. You know, they were terrified of their, you know, their position taken away and their their earnings, like a union. Uh-huh. You try to mess with the Teamsters Union and break up their. People, it's like communism, you know. Mm -hmm. Those guys had it together and they had guards and stuff. I mean, they're supposed to be the, can you imagine if the Catholic priest had guards and stuff and says, hey, and they they treat people roughly and arrest people and so forth? This is, uh, and I like what it says, the rivers of living water will flow from, not from the belly, but from the heart, when Amen. He was speaking of the Spirit who was given uh-huh. to everyone believing in him. Right. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not entered into his glory. I like the way he says glory of John seventeen. <clears throat> okay. And the bottom they also didn't know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So Okay. Uh, reading, the, praying the Psalms, we pray for believers around the world enduring against the kingdom of darkness. We ask God to hear their prayers and save them because of his unfailing love. Let's pray for believers. Lord, we just pray, Lord God, that you're the shepherd of believers. We ask you to protect them. You're, you're their warrior, Lord. Protect, Lord, the people all around the world, Lord, that are fighting against the forces of darkness, Lord. Give them, Lord God, just like you gave Jonathan, Lord. Give them reinforcements and signs Mm. that you're there with them, Lord. Amen. Amen. Psalm 109, 1 through 31. Would you like to read it? Sure. Um, 109,
1: yeah. Uh, God, oh God, or God whom I praise, don't stand silent and aloof while the wicked slander me and tell lies about me. They surround me with hateful words and fight against me for no reason. I love them but they try to destroy me with accusations, even as I'm praying for them. They repay evil for good and hatred for my love. They say get an evil person to turn against them. Send an accuser to bring him to trial when his case comes up for judgment. Let him be pronounced guilty. Count his prayers as sins. Let his years be few. Let someone else take his position and his wife a widow. No, it says, um, May his children become fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children wander as beggars and be driven from their ruined homes. May creditors seize his entire estate and strangers take all he's earned. Let no one be kind to him. Let no one pity his fatherless children. May all his offspring die. May may his family name be blotted out in a single generation. May the Lord never forget the sins of his fathers. May his mother's sins never be erased from the record. May the Lord always remember these sins and may his name disappear from human memory. For he refused all kindness to others. He persecuted the poor and needy and he hounded the brokenhearted to death. He loved to curse others. Now you curse him. He never blessed others. Now don't you bless him. No, now you don't. You bless him. Cursing is as natural to him as his clothing, or the water he drinks, or the rich food he eats. Now may his curses return and cling to him, like clothing, clothing, or the water he drinks, or the rich food he eats. Now may his curses return and cling to his clothing. I think I read it again. Sorry about that may his curses return and cling to him like clothing may they be tied around him like a belt and may those curses become the lord's punishment for my accusers who speak evil of me but deal well with me O sovereign lord for the sake of your own reputation rescue me because you're so faithful and good for i am poor and needy and my heart is full of pain I'm fading like a shadow at dusk. I am brushed off like a locust. My knees are weak from fasting, and I am skin and bones. I'm a joke to people everywhere. When they see me, they shake their heads in scorn. Help me, O Lord, my God. Save me because of your unfailing love. Let them see that this is your doing, that you yourself have done it, Lord. Then let them curse me if they like, but you will bless me. When they attack me they will be disgraced, but I your servant will go right on rejoicing. May my accusers be clothed with disgrace disgrace may their humiliation cover them like a cloak. But I will give repeated thanks to the Lord, praising him to every one, for he stands beside the needy, ready to save them from those who condemn them. Amen. Amen. Okay, Proverbs fifteen five to 7 says, Only a fool despises a parent's discipline. Whoever learns from correction is wise. There is treasure in the house of the godly, but the earnings of the wicked bring trouble. Wow, there is treasure in the house of the godly, but the earnings of the wicked bring trouble. The lips of the wise give good advice. The heart of a fool has none to give. Amen.
0: Today is May 13th. A wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. Proverbs 13.2 Wise words will win you a good meal, but treacherous people have an appetite for violence. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. The godly hate lies, the wicked cause shame and disgrace. Godliness guards the path of the blameless, but the evil are misled by sin. Some who are poor pretend to be rich, others who are rich pretend to be poor. The rich can pay a ransom for their lives, but the poor won't even get threatened. The life of the godly is full of light and joy but the light of the wicked will be snuffed out. Pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. Wealth from get-rich schemes quickly disappear. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Hope deferred makes a heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. People who despise advice are asking for trouble. He who respects a command will succeed. The instructions of the wise is like a life-giving fountain. Those who accept it avoid the snares of death. A person with good sense is respected. A treacherous person is headed for destruction. Wise people think before they act. Fools don't and even brag about their foolishness. An unreliable messenger stumbles into trouble, but a reliable messenger brings healing. If you ignore criticism, you will end in poverty and disgrace. If you accept correction, you will be honored. It is pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn their evil to attain them. Turn from evil. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Trouble chases sinners. while blessings reward the righteous. Good people have an inheritance to their... Leave an inheritance to their children's grandchildren. But the sinners... Good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren. But the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. Amen. A, first, a poor person's farms may produce much food... But injustice sweeps it all away. Those who spare the rod of, of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. The godly eat to their heart's content, but the belly of the wicked goes hungry. Amen. Psalm 43. Declare me innocent, O God. Defend me against this ungodly people. Rescue me from those unjust liars. For you are God, my only safe haven. Why have you tossed me aside? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God to God, the source of all my joy. I will praise you with my heart, O God, my God. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so set? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Amen. Psalm 73, verse 1. Truly, God is good to Israel. To those whose hearts are pure, but as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone. For I envy the proud when I saw them prosper and despise their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't even have trouble like other people. They do not. They are not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jewel necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts desire or could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only on evil. In their pride they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens and their words throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people, Anyone enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. If I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people, so I tried to understand why the wicked prosper, but what a difficult task it is. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them in slippery path and send them slinging over the hill to destruction. In an instant they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Then I realized that my heart was bitter, and I was all torn up inside. I was foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me in a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My help may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Those who desert him will perish, but you, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me... How good it is to be near to God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter. I will go and tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. 74, we go to Psalm. Actually, that was Psalm. Okay, Psalm 103. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise His holy name. Let all that I am, praise the Lord, may I never forget the good things He has done for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. The Lord gives instructions and justice to all all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him, is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is the Father to His children, tender and compassionate to those who fear Him. For He knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass. And wildflowers that bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone. And though we had never been there now. But the Lord, but the love of the Lord remains forever. With those who fear Him. His salvation extends to His children's children. Of those who are faithful to His covenant. Of those who obey His commandments. The Lord has made the heavens His throne. From there He rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out His plans, listening for each of His commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you army of angels who serve Him and do His will. Praise the Lord, everything He has created, everything in all His kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Amen. Now we go to Psalm 133, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, 133 verse 1, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and unto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life forevermore. Amen. Amen.